Alright, I was away too long, I know it. Some of it was scheduled, some of it wasn't. And it was a hell of a week, but I'll catch you up. I'll get you caught up as best as I can. Pretty well, actually. I put a lot of work into getting ready for tonight. Um, making sure I caught you up on what matters, on what we have ahead of us in the next few weeks. What's changed, what is likely to change, and what is probably going to hold the same. Uh, which, who knows, right? I mean, when I say probably, I mean probably. So, welcome back. It's been exactly one week. I had planned when I was, uh, I knew I would be out, but I thought I could uh, broadcast and I was unable to. It was all for good reasons. I'm okay. Uh, I'll be back consistently now for quite a while, even through the holidays. Um, but as I'm getting this podcast and the show up and running, it is it is difficult to schedule some of these things around my, my current career, my family. And of course, I'm not at the point where I could have any guest hosts, and it would be difficult right now because I wouldn't want to give up the reins and try to have someone else prioritize what we're going to talk about. So the elephant in the room all week or towards the end of the week, and I was following it was the Texas Supreme Court case, right? So Texas filed, had what we thought was a great case, and it still is, and I'll talk about that. But when it got to the Supreme Court, it essentially was tossed on a legal standing, right? They didn't take it. They didn't hear it. It's not on the merit. They didn't say they didn't have a case. And Justice Alito and Justice Thomas dissented. And we've had another judge in Pennsylvania say this case had merit. They didn't take the case because essentially these states, Texas and the others that joined, but essentially Texas cannot show the damages, right? A state cannot take this action, but a person can. Right? They didn't say that, but that's known. And so Giuliani, in a statement after Texas didn't even, or after the Supreme Court chose not to hear the Texas case, which is the case that states, hey, we have damages as a state because this is a federal election, and the four defendants, the four states named, ran their elections improperly, didn't follow the Constitution, and therefore their elections cannot be certified or trusted. And it's a great point because... The Constitution is very clear, and each state constitution is very clear, and secretaries of states and governors cannot change election rules simply because they want to or because of a pandemic. And that pandemic ruling actually came up in Wisconsin today, and we'll talk about that in their Supreme Court, which was very positive. Problem with the Supreme Court in Texas is they said, hey, Texas cannot. It's just not something they don't have standing. Now, Giuliani, they were prepared, so good for them. They are going to file in each state as Donald Trump. So Trump, the presidential candidate, is going to file having damages because each of these states illegally, unconstitutionally, constitutionally changed their election laws as the election approached and did not go through their state legislature. So he has a case. It's not going to be as quick. We liked the Supreme Court direct shot because it involved multiple states. Therefore, that's an automatic and um, Trump is going to have to go through each of these states, and they will. Rudy said they were prepared. It was essentially a stroke of a pen, and they submitted, and they filed in each of these states. So that's great. I, I do want to see where this goes. It will probably get rejected and hammered, and wouldn't it be funny if they all get to the Supreme Court at the same time in a couple weeks? So that'll be interesting, and a lot's going to go down between now and then in these other cases and in other activity that we're seeing today. So watch that. So know that the Texas SCOTUS case 
their Supreme Court case is still strong. They just had to file differently and basically as Donald Trump, the plaintiff, right? So he's going after the governors, the secretaries of state in each of these four battleground states, which which off memory, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, Pennsylvania. Those are the defendants. Now, on to Wisconsin. So the legal action, the legal battles continued, but let's admit, after Texas, the Texas case got shot down, we were all pretty disappointed. That hit home. That hit home bad. Right in the chest, right in the gut. This is a Supreme Court we thought would be the constitutional Supreme Court. Now, here's the interesting part. There are some leaks coming from SCOTUS based on the deliberations, the arguments that the Supreme Court justices had behind closed doors, right? So they were isolated. You know, the nine of them sit across from each other at a table. Imagine a big giant boardroom. And they have clerks, right, working for them, right? You hear about famous lawyers and judges. And earlier in their career, they clerked for Supreme Court justices. Well, it sounds pretty credible. One of them leaked and said that Justice Roberts, he's the chief, right? He's the chief justice, was lambasting the room, that he yelled, that they, it got pretty fired up. And that is not typically the case when they deliberate on these cases, on whether to take these cases. And Roberts was beside himself, said something to the effect of not wanting to hear from the junior, right? The new justices, like referring to Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Amy Comey Barrett, right? They're the three newbies in that what do you want? This is Roberts. What do you want? You want us to be responsible? You want to be responsible for riots? And the the leak also said that Thomas was basically saying, you know, do you want to end democracy? And that it got pretty heated. And this makes sense in that you only have two dissenting opinions and we'd have expected to see a couple more. But remember, Alito and Thomas are senior, right? They've, they've been on the court longer than Chief Justice Roberts, if memory serves. So it 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 sounds like it was pretty, pretty ugly in there. And I do think, you know, Kavanaugh, Comey Barrett, Gorsuch, these are smart individuals, right? They knew that this was not going to be argued. It wasn't going to be a case that the Supreme Court took. So I think they're keeping their powder dry. They knew this wasn't the first time that some kind of case or appeal determining some significant election remedy was going to come to the Supreme Court. They know they're going to see more and they might see four cases through each of these states with the same argument. But instead of Texas, they'll have Donald Trump as the plaintiff. So that was interesting to read. You know, it's a leak, right? It comes from someone who's anonymous, but Washington leaks and it sounds like even the Supreme Court chamber leaks. And that would be interesting to think of that interaction because guys, I think we're I mean, we're getting into some real intense times. In my last show, it's been a week, I was pretty fired up, and I still am. Um, I'm angry, and I don't, I don't know how peaceful anything is going to go. And I'm not going to be out here calling for it. I mean, we're trying the legal way. But if democracy is stolen, if an election is stolen, if our republic is under attack from within and from without, meaning from the outside via China, via outside election interference, are we supposed to just turn our head and pretend it didn't happen and keep going to courts that just don't want to touch it? Because let's be real. As I talk about these cases, you're probably, I mean, I'm thinking, why why haven't some of these, you know, rulings that are finally favoring Trump, why aren't we getting them sooner? It's simple. These individual circuit judges, these individual federal judges, and even these small appeals courts or the federal level circuit appeals courts, they don't want to touch this. They, they don't want to offer any ruling or remedy 
that is going to impact an election. I mean, if what they're saying about Justice Roberts and his argument behind closed doors and being worried about riots, well, we talked about what these other people are probably worried about. It's riots and being called a racist. Because the Democrats got out in front on this, right? They said this is disenfranchisement. This is attacking poor black minority communities. They know what cards to lay on the table before you even play your hand. They're putting it out there, right? They say, hey, this is, <laughs> this is our straight flush. It's the same one we play every time. And don't think we're not going to play it this time. And we're going to play it just as loud, if not louder, than we played it before. And that's what's scaring a lot of these judges, They're not supposed to. They're supposed to rule on the law, on the Constitution. But people are people, and they have families. And so we're going to continue to lose if we play small ball. That's as far as I'm going to go down that road now, but keep that in mind. Because while I traveled, I talked to a number of people, and I did not ask specific questions. I was just listening. And you pick a state, there are people there that are ready to fight. And I'm not going to go into details what I mean by fight, but get creative. People know this was stolen. 77% in the last national poll of Republicans believe there was widespread election fraud. And they know what's at stake. This was not some small-time election. There's a lot on the line. And it was stolen from you. And our opponents should be appalled and should know that this could happen to them. And frankly, I've said it before. If they get away with this, we have to cheat just as bad. That's the game. Either we play it or we don't vote because I wouldn't waste my time. There's no way I'm going to vote under the same circumstances, especially with what came out on Dominion today, and we'll get to that. So moving on to Wisconsin, more court news. Now, this was pretty favorable. The Wisconsin Supreme Court had two rulings today. The first one was very favorable to Trump. This was very exciting. They ruled in favor of Trump's team, stating that these permanently or I'm sorry indefinitely confined voters were illegal in the sense that county elections clerks cannot decide the definition for indefinitely confined it's very specific in the voting laws and in past elections national statewide federal elections a few hundred people would qualify for indefinitely confined and these are absentee ballots that waive signature verifications right you if you're indefinitely confined They basically give you a break, a significant break on verifying your identity. And it's a kind of a shortcut to their very tough absentee ballot process. Again, hundreds in the past. This time around, it's over hundreds of thousands. I believe one number was 215,000. I mean, it's massive that submitted under this indefinitely confined status as an absentee ballot voter. Now in Wisconsin, that's the only way you can vote other than going in and voting early or voting on election day is through their absentee ballot process, which is more strict, significantly so, than a universal mail-in like they have in these other states, which we know was intentionally to get ballots out in circulation. That's what mail-in voting did, and COVID provided the greatest opportunity to do that and for them to attempt to soften their laws and make take shortcuts as the election approach, which were also illegal. But in Wisconsin, they don't have that, right? We talked about this. They just have the absentee ballot process, and it's much better than other states. And it creates an, a better legal opportunity for Trump to prove there's fraud or illegality. Even if you are the person that filled out these ballots, but you didn't go through the required absentee ballot identity verification via signature 
and the process of requesting a ballot and you just vote as indefinitely confined and saying, I can't get out and vote, I'm absentee for that reason, and there's you go the route of having less restrictions on or less requirements for identity, you better qualify. And those qualifications per the Wisconsin Supreme Court cannot be determined by an election official. Now, there was a second ruling where they tossed, they dismissed Trump's case, but they said in the first one, they said the second case, essentially the one they ruled on later today, later in the day, it was Trump's team trying to have all of those votes thrown out as illegal. And the Supreme Court of Wisconsin clarified and said, yes, it's not an election official that, that deems someone indefinitely confined, but that is a voter determination. And if the voter does so incorrectly or illegal, illegally, it's very clear in the ruling they said the vote doesn't count. But it was, it was a kind of a neutral attempt at a remedy. Right. This is what the courts need to do, especially when they rule in favor of the plaintiff, the person bringing the legal action. They they need to remedy the situation. Right. We are essentially thinking about we're suing the state saying we got screwed. Well, if they rule for us, then they need to fix it. That's the whole point of a court. Right. And so the problem here is they've got kind of this middle of the road remedy or really not one at all. They're just saying, hey, yeah, as it stands it was not legal how indefinitely confined was determined. The election officials can't do it. But now what's got to happen is they've got to find a way, and I haven't seen any anything offered. When I say they, Trump's team's going to have to submit some kind of um, request to recount those ballots and look at them or look at what the, re- the, the request reason was for each of these voters and some way go about it. I'm hoping it's something documented in a database and take a number of them, go back as quickly as possible and challenge thousands of them and say, hey, these are bogus reasons. Because the good news is the court did say very clearly that COVID, i.e. a pandemic, is not a valid reason. So I'm wondering whether these were fake ballots, right? Ballots that were inserted for registered voters who didn't end up voting. And if people just keystroked COVID, well, those ballots are going bye-bye. Even if someone did legally fill out a ballot or at least fill out an absentee ballot, it was illegal if they claimed indefinitely confined status due to being afraid of voting in person during a pandemic. Sorry, not sorry, that don't count. So either way, fraud with fake ballots, with people running them twice, who knows how they might've done it this way. Remember, these are mail-in absentee ballots, right? Not universal mail-in. They're going to get tossed if the Trump team can find a way to go back and show the reasons, right? Demonstrate and and bring to the courts, here are the reasons listed. Here's why these thousand, this batch is illegal that we found in an audit. They got to go back and do that. The court said it. They said, you've got to show that it's up to the voter. So if the voter did it wrong, that vote won't count. So there's some hope here in Wisconsin. I'm still waiting on what's happening next with the... um, fraudulent votes that they they brought. And now there was 150,000 and they could be the same. I think that probably now thinking out loud, that second case, because they were the one they referred to is the request was to have them all tossed. So there's a lot of ballots at stake here, right? And we know the absentee ballots, these mail style ballots favor Biden big time. So if they cheated, Right. And it sure sounds interesting. I mean, even with a pandemic to go from a few hundred to hundreds of thousands of these indefinitely confined ballots, there's going to be something there. So now they got to go through. They got to figure a way out. Hopefully it's not trying to go through individual ballots 
because they're going to have to get some kind of audit authorized, and that involves a lot of people. So we got to wait, and we got to watch that one. Um, really interesting. Uh, you're probably wondering, there's probably bigger news you're waiting on. I got it all here. We'll just jump to the most recent. In, in the Georgia Secretary of State, finally, Raffenberger got off his ass and decided literally an hour ago to authorize and approve a signature audit in Cobb County, C-O-B-B County. I don't know enough about it. It's probably selected because even with the size of the county, it's not as big as Fulton. And he's saying it's going to take two weeks for us to get results. We've done one of these in Wisconsin already. This is where they will look at each mail-in ballot, everything that was mailed in. And there will be representatives from both parties and each party can challenge a ballot based on signature verification. From what I understand, they cannot see who the person voted for. So you have a couple people sitting there, they're looking at the envelopes, right? And I've not voted this way, but I believe there's one on the inside that you sign in addition to signing the ballot. I'm going to guess that there's images still provided. Of course, they're going to have to rely on Dominion but I believe they can do signature verification in this county. I imagine this county was selected too because it wasn't one of these crooked ass counties that tossed the mail-in ballot envelopes or mixed them in or made it so that they cannot be retrieved, which is not legal. We know that was intentional where that was done. So you have some great news here. Sure would have been nice if this Republican Secretary of State would have done this, I don't know, two, three friggin' weeks ago. Because today is December 14th. We've been talking about it. This is the day that electors are sent to D.C. They're, they're selected officially, right, by each state per the Constitution. Now, the interesting thing, and we'll jump right to this, is while this is going on, we had a lot of news today, right? The battleground states, except Michigan, and that's its own story, had all of their GOP electors select Trump. Now, before you get excited in some of the headlines and some of the conservative websites, Twitter feeds were way wrong in how they framed this, but they said, like Nevada, all, you know, Nevada sends six electoral votes. That's their total. They have six for Trump. That's not the case. Their GOP electors voted for Trump. What we have now in these battleground states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona all have what's called dueling electors. I am in the process of trying to understand what the hell that means. I have on one side people saying it's provisional, it's a good thing, because it leaves the legal door open for Trump, right? It's basically putting a bookmark in saying, hey, we, we're establishing standing to come back and send electors for Donald Trump if the court cases find certain evidence and find in favor of the plaintiff, in favor of Donald Trump. And these are Republicans saying this. They're saying, hey, we're, we're doing this so that we can come back and change it. Seems very smart. I'm leaning towards that probably being the likely case here. There are other people that are saying there's a situation where we're getting into a contested or contingent election. We've talked about this where each state sends a delegate, a delegate to Congress, to the House, and it would be 27-23 by my understanding, maybe 26-24, I keep seeing it, but it favors Republicans, it favors Trump. And that if you have enough dueling electors, right, which is essentially not sending electors, then it's up to even 
I've seen that the vice president has a say in it. It's really, it's, there's some things I've heard for the first time today, and I followed this. I did not think that your electors from one party or the other could just ignore a popular vote, meaning the vote for your state by the people, and send separate electors and create this situation. If that were the case, I could see them doing that four years ago with Trump without any even evidence of fraud. I mean, they were talking about Russian interference. So we need to learn more about that. And I will be on tomorrow with the best research I can find on it because it is all over the place. The good news is, is it keeps things alive for Trump. And that's important because today was a big news day, right? So we've talked about Wisconsin. That was a good ruling, right? Saying, hey, indefinitely confined status is a real problem here. And there were the COVID reason is not valid. That's huge. Even bigger, and what I've been saving, is Michigan. And it's relevant because you didn't hear me say Michigan when I talked about those battleground states. Because the Republicans in Michigan did try to do the same thing today. And ironically, or coincidentally, today was the day that the Antrim County audit was finally released per a judge's order. Finally. And the Michigan AG was fighting it last week, big time Democrat, trying to keep the report from a group called ASOG, A-S-O-G, right? And this is a forensic auditing specialist. They're independent, right? This isn't Garber, the guys on, on Trump and Giuliani's team who are excellent, right? This ASOG group bravely went in last weekend, spent a couple days getting all the information, and they filed a report today. And it is damning, right? I mean, this report says what we thought. They looked at 16 machines, in Antrim County, the county that had the glitch, the 6,000 vote glitch. And if you remember, when they all, when all was said and done about that glitch, the election officials said it was human error. And they've actually ruined a woman's career over this, that basically they just, some person screwed up. Well, that was totally disproven today by this report. And you can see the report at Gateway Pundit. They have it published. It's like 20-something pages. But they, they talked about it in the opening page of the report that there is intentional software error creation. And this was the first time I saw somebody connect the dots on adjudication and how that is used to defraud voters. So per this forensic audit, one, they showed, this is insane, they showed that someone tried to delete everything a few days ago. That's clear. They said that basically they someone failed at trying to delete what they used for the report. They also said that, and I might get the timeline a little off, but that they can go back and not only see the 2020 election data, but they've got election data from going back from when these machines were first used, right? These Dominion image cast voting machines and tabulators. But guess what they don't have? They don't have any logs from a certain time early on November 3rd till late in the day on November 4th. Every other log from every other election, from every other time period, including after November 4th, is available for when they tabulated votes and had those machines active, except for that late night, early morning crap that we know they pulled. Isn't that amazing that of all the logs they can access, they cannot access that window of time. Fortunately, there was plenty left for them to work with and show that these scumbags cheated. And if you read the left sites, they're picking and choosing pieces of this but the one that really jumps out, the one piece of data that got me is the 68.05% error 
rate on these 16 machines. To give you a comparison, the typical error rate is less than 1%. What happens when there's an error? So you think about 100 ballots, you're sending in a batch, you got 100 ballots, you're gonna run through the machine. Ballot 50 pops up as an error, so it stops. Well, the Dominion image cast, rather than having you separate that ballot and having to use it later, it actually takes an image of every ballot, which is interesting why no one's been able to access these images yet. They're not letting them. That ballot then goes to an adjudication batch, right? And over the night during the election, those ballots are looked at and decided on, right? The intent of the voter is decided. If you made a small mistake, and these are mail-in ballots, right? And you filled it out, maybe you didn't darken a circle enough. They can look at that image cast, that screen, the scan of your ballot, and determine pretty easily with a Republican and a Democrat, oh, that's a vote for Joe Biden or that's a vote for Donald Trump. Well, we know there's testimony of this process where it was totally fraudulent. Michigan was one of them, the nice Indian lady where she was emotional about what she went through because they browbeat her. She saw this go down with one ballot. Biden and the Green Party candidate were both filled out and they fought over it. And she eventually, the, the uh, election worker, just counted it for Biden. Well, this adjudication process happened with a thousands of votes in Antrim County, 68%, a few thousand. It's crazy. So all those error ballots go to these images and get adjudicated, right? 68% in Antrim County were left up to human judgment to decide who the vote was actually for. And there's nothing stopping someone from seeing a Trump vote and then tabulating and entering it for Biden. Remember, this is just one county, right? And off the top of my head, there was about there was less than 13, about 12,700 or so votes total, right? And this is where there was a 6,000 vote switch from Trump to Biden that was later said to be human error. It wasn't. It was part of this software setup, which per the forensic audit is intentional. There's more to this report, but they concluded without a reasonable doubt that Antrim County, where these 16 machines were, could not be certified. They also talked about how it's clear there was outside internet connectivity and that they don't know where these votes were adjudicated. Remember, it's an image. They're not looking at the actual ballot. They're looking at an image and they posed that it's possible that those votes, those, those error ballots were adjudicated off-site and could have been overseas. And the interesting thing is they said adjudication can be either done systematically or by a human, and it can be done in bulk. So imagine if you get a couple thousand in Antrim County, you've got, I mean, let's, let's just do table math here. We'll call it 12,000 or so votes. 68% is going to be, I don't know, 8,000, right? Give or take. So you got 8,000 votes coming into an adjudication um, folder right? Electronic folder. And you've got images of every one of them. According to their forensic audit, you can put those, all of them for Joe Biden or for Donald Trump in, in the system. And you could also, whether it's you, a human doing it, you can build in a program to do it automatically and do it by a ratio, meaning two for one. So, I mean, they could have 6,000 of the 8,000 go for Biden in one place, 5,000 of the 8,000. You can actually program it to just automatically push those through at a certain fraction, at a certain ratio, through that electronic process. 
And they're still looking. They're still trying to find more information. There was an active cover-up. These systems were already tampered with. Thank God they weren't able to wipe them completely clean. But think about it. This was massive news today, right? And no, no major media, out, media outlet. I mean, 95% didn't even talk about it. I've read the report. Not front to back, but as best I could. There's no room for, there's no gray area. There's no like, maybe this, maybe that. It's like 68%. There was internet connectivity. Here's how it was done. They lay it out. And they have the, the data logs and all of their evidence to prove it. They had USB card access, everything. And your press, your free press doesn't care. Because they don't want anything to stop Biden from being inaugurated on January 20th. Now, I've been up and down on what I think is going to happen. I get messages from a number of you asking. It's day to day. Today, I'm more confident that Trump can pull this off. It's less of a long shot than it was last week when the Texas case was not uh, received, was tossed by the Supreme Court. I thought that might have been close to the end. But then we read those cases still have standing and have to be refiled. And there's other there's other activity going. I mean, when you look at what happened today in these state elector meetings, you have Republicans bravely saying, hey, we've got evidence of fraud. We've got open cases. We're not sending electors for Joe Biden. We're sending them for Trump. Ceremonial or not, that's a big deal, right? It leaves a legal opportunity for Trump's team to get a remedy if they win any of these cases. It also might be that the state legislatures need more time to see their own evidence and make their own decision in these Republican-controlled houses because they'll meet again on January 5th. And you can bet your ass in places like Pennsylvania, if they don't do anything between now and then, their House Speaker, their leader, Brian Cutler, is going to get called out moment one by people like Doug Mastriano. They're going to call him out. They're going to put, a, put something on the table with the evidence and make these Republicans go on the record. And it's going to be a bad day for them if they think they're going to hide. I think they thought this was going to go away when their sessions closed last week. This is not going away. This is, this is still going and it's getting hot. I did not expect to see the Michigan forensic audit results in Antrim County. I thought they were going to stifle that and keep that hidden. And boy, are they hiding big time in Michigan. Ever since that, like I said, all those other states that are being contested, they had Republicans show up and cast their electors for Donald Trump. They were unable to do that in Michigan because the absolute psychopath dictator, governor of Michigan, she had state troopers, 500 of them, at the Capitol. And these state troopers blocked the Republicans from accessing the facility. So Michigan had only Democrats, who, by the way, <sighs> sang the black national anthem before the proceedings opened and they casted their electoral votes for Joe Biden in a very celebratory, loud, ceremonial manner. Let's just say it wasn't totally classy. But the black national anthem, I'm sorry, if we don't think that is an absolute blatant act of war and a snub and a middle finger to us when we know they cheated, then I don't know what is. So think about that. This is one of the 50 states in our union. And they open the proceedings with a fairy tale, nonsense, made up national anthem that I'm sorry, has absolutely no meaning or standing in a state house in these United States. 
just like singing jingle bells wouldn't. So don't go down the road if you're one of these rogue people. I've heard from one of you who listens and you've already used the keywords and you know white supremacist this like you're just a jackass you're a loser you need a ho- you need a hobby you need somebody and you can get all mad at me but the black national anthem frankly it just sucks just being objective sounds lame i think it's a crappy song and it's stupid it's petty it's embarrassing it's desperate and it's divisive and did i say it sucks yeah when you sing it when you open an official United States government proceeding with that song over my national anthem, then we're not together. We're enemies. And you need to understand what I mean by that. I'm not interested in just debating you. I'm interested in beating you into submission in any way, shape, or form you want to define beating. Because that's an act of war. You're saying you don't want to be part of these United States. The rest of us are. And I say us, I mean everybody from all walks of life, from all nationalities, from all ethnic backgrounds. You chose to sing a national anthem for one group of people, you sons of bitches. So that's pretty much all I need to say about the black, racist, divisive national anthem. Moving on, and as you know, if you listened, I try to keep breaking news live while I do this because it's it never fails. As soon as I publish one of these, something big happens right after. Well, I caught this one and I'll be able to put it in the description. Attorney General Bill Barr to step down just before Christmas. This is breaking as of 2.45 Pacific time. So this has been out there. You're going to definitely know about it when you hear it. I think this is outstanding. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, the doubt for a couple weeks. But as I was going to talk about the Hunter Biden revelations that came out that he's been investigated since 2018. And this is not a tax issue, meaning if it was just a tax issue and involved just not paying taxes, it would be an IRS investigation, not a Department of Justice, FBI supported investigation, which it is in the Delaware office where he files, where he clearly has received illegal money from the Ukraine and from China, right? Remember Burisma, now we know Sinohawk, the Chinese partnership that the big guy his dad was involved in, right? The supposed president-elect, Bill Barr, who we thought was Mr. Rule of Law, made sure they kept all this quiet and has sat on his rotund ass for a couple weeks now, not pushing massive criminal investigations behind what's obviously election fraud. The sworn affidavits, there's 5,000 of them, were more than enough for the FBI to go out and investigate. And I know there are local guys chomping on the bit to do it. Why? I don't know. Because they could dedicate tons of people to the Russia shmusha hushah crap. I mean, the feds can be all over that, right? You got former director Mueller, big time on that, right? He was the special counsel. All of a sudden, when our side needs, air quotes, majestice, these guys are nowhere. So that's happening just before Christmas, meaning hopefully any day. He's gone. And the deputy, per Donald Trump, Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen, an outstanding person, will become acting Attorney General. Now, I, I mean, I hope, he, I hope it's not the Rosen I'm thinking about. I'm going to have to do some research on who Jeff Rosen is. But Trump said an outstanding person. I'm hoping he's already met with this cat and said basically, hey, have your paperwork ready. Here's where the investigations need to happen based on the evidence. Don't you agree, Jeff? Jazzy Jeff, 
who you're going to be now acting attorney general. Why don't you act like one, unlike Bill Barr has? Bill Barr failed. I'm sorry. But Hunter Biden is relevant to Joe Biden, who is running for president. I mean, the Democrats had a primary after this investigation was opened. You think that would be fairly relevant when selecting the president of the United States, when nominating the president of the United States? No one wants to vote for somebody who could get impeached. Joe Biden should be impeached. Let's not be afraid of that word because the Democrats wasted it. I think they filed, brought most impeachment articles to the floor like 20 times. There was that one congressman that did it like every other week. Of course, they tried it with Russia, failed. Then they had the Ukraine phone call, failed. You have a now president-elect, someone who might be taking the oath of office on January 20th, involved in an illegal financial arrangement, agreement, partnership while he was vice president through his son and through his brother with a Chinese company, with communist China. And we had leaks today and leaks yesterday. They're all coming up, almost 2 million names, people affiliated around the world with the Chinese Communist Party. And I think it's 56,000 Americans. So they're active. They got tons of money. They got, they got money in people's pockets on both sides of the aisle. Do the Democrats seem to be more intrigued? Sure, they're socialists. Socialists and communists get along pretty damn well. So Bill Barr's out. That's fantastic news. That's going to be huge. Adios, you failed. You didn't do anything, right? And to come out a couple weeks ago and say there's no evidence, what have you been watching? Does he watch MSNBC where they're talking about Joe Biden's dogs and would actually believe Joe Biden fell pulling his dog's tail because he wiped out getting out of the shower? Because Joe Biden could do really well. If this doesn't work out for him, he could be one of the spokespeople and models for those walk-in shower deals, which is great technology. I think that's a tremendous advancement in how senior citizens bathe and stay hygienic. Wonderful stuff. All of our parents, we should at some point consider it. Joe Biden needs it. Our president of the United States, the so-called commander-in-chief-to-be, needs a shower upgrade. Because we know he fell on his ass getting out and hip breaking's not something to be laughed about. He breaks a hip, he's done. So he's lucky it's just a few bones in his foot. And who pulls their dog's tail? What kind of ass hat does that? That's like mean. We've known that since we were like three. Don't pull on a dog's tail. He's got like a German shepherd. Go find a German shepherd chilling out. Pull on a German shepherd's tail and see how that does for you. He'd have a bite. No German shepherd lets you pull its tail. They're descendants of wolves. They're German warriors. You don't get to pull their, their tail getting out of the shower, right? Let's be real. Germans and, and showers don't have a whole lot of great things going on anyway. That's just a bad story. It's a stupid story. It's not true. Dude wiped out because he's geriatric. Yet he's going to be nominated and 80 million people, significantly more than Obama, voted for him? Give me a break. Bill Barr blew it. Bill Barr sat on it. He wants to be comfortable in Washington. He doesn't look like the guy. Maybe he's just a guy who doesn't want to do a lot of work because this is going to be messy. Well, he should have because he's out. No one likes to step down before your, your president is, is, you know, while your president's still sitting. That's not a good resume builder. But you know what? Bill Barr can do really well like losers like Brennan and all these other clowns who are now MSNBC and CNN contributors. Bill Barr will be on there probably next week talking about you know, white supremacy and Trump being a tyrant. Who knows? Because these guys, I mean, he's going to be invited right away. They love to celebrate failures over there. Again, look up John Brennan, former director of the CIA, who's literally now a political hack and who lied under oath. We can talk about that another time. 
So keep your chin up, keep your head up. Thanks for bearing with me this last week being gone. There will be more breaking news. I will be back tomorrow for sure. Uh, just so you know, it is. I didn't say in the beginning, it's Monday, December 14th. So my first day back from a needed break and some other things I had to do. And I will be back with you tomorrow. Keep your eyes on what goes on tonight. Let's see what else comes out. Let's see what comes from Michigan. I'm going to be real interested as this report from the forensic audit hits more screens across the nation and as more representatives, especially in Michigan, take action based on it because there's an active war going on right now in the Michigan Capitol. You're having state troopers blocking Republicans, only Republicans from accessing a session that they're invited to, Republican electors, but having the Democrats inside only, like a monarchy, and opening it with the Black National Anthem. That's incredible stuff. We're crossing into a different place now, guys. You need to be ready. You need to be real about this. It's not going to be clean. Thanks for listening. Uh, We will talk to you soon. Have a great evening. God bless. See you tomorrow.